Welcome to the Mark and Michelle Davenport Sunday Podcast. This week we continue our series entitled Christmas Traditions. And one of the many Christmas traditions that a lot of families participate in is Secret Santa. As a Secret Santa, we secretly buy someone gifts and then reveal ourselves at Christmas time to be their Secret Santa. But today, Pastor Mark asks us the question, are we also playing Secret Santa with our Christianity? This morning, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we get to, we get to worship together. But Lord, more importantly, we get to learn together. And we get to dive into your word, and we get to, we get to see what you have to say to us. And Lord, uh, I ask that you anoint our ears and our hearts to receive the word. Anoint me to be able to present the word in a fashion that is receivable to those around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Secret Santa is basically playing a role without letting anyone know who you are. That's, that's the premise behind Secret Santa. And then you get, to gift for, you get a gift for someone without letting them know about it. And during the Christmas season, we see a lot of people that have played Secret Santa all year long with their Christianity. They really haven't let anybody know that they're a Christian. I was, uh, I was in um, uh, Washington State for my, I think it was my 25th uh, reunion. Just side note, I used to think people that went to their 30th high school reunion were old. I, I never thought people at 50 or 60 were old. I just thought people that went to their 30th high school reunion were old. I don't know why, but that, I mean, those people are only 48. I don't, I don't know why I thought they were old. But I went to my 25th, and I was starting to feel pretty old. And I have a friend, and Eric watches a lot of times on, on Sunday morning, and he's in Washington State. Eric was my, one of my, well, actually, probably my best friend in Washington um, at the time when I was in high school. And we called him Big Easy. And uh, I went to my high school reunion, hadn't changed a bit, dude. He's just the same guy, man. We're hanging out, and we're, we're hanging out with all the friends from school, and uh, he said something to one of our friends, and he said, hey, Brad, come over here. And they called me Freddie when I was in school. Part of the reason is I left Georgia and went to Washington State where they talk right. And I got to Washington State, and I was like, hey, how y'all doing? And they went, that's a Fred. And so they called me Freddie my whole time in high school. Actually, I graduated, and they called my name Mark Edward Davenport, and one of my friend's moms came to me, and she said, oh, I can't believe they said your name wrong. They didn't even know my name. <laughs> and so I, Eric goes over to, to our friend Brad and says, Dude, you won't believe what Freddie's doing. He's a preacher. Freddie's a Christian. Now, that may not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. Because I was, I was in church my whole time I was at, in, in Yakima. I mean, I attended school. I mean, I attended church. I was there on Wednesday nights for youth group. Eric was one of my best friends. And Eric is challenging the thought that I might be a Christian now. And I was like, the problem is that we have a lot of Christians walking around that if somebody really found out you were a Christian, it would be a shock. It, it, would, be, it would be amazing to them. It would be like finding out you were their secret Santa. And I want us to talk about that for just a few moments as we go into this Christmas season, how you need to make sure that you're not a secret Christian. The first thing I want you to notice is that too many of us pretend. 
We pretend to be Christians. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Boy, can it get any more simple than that? Stop pretending to love people. Stop pretending that you're a Christian. Really be it or stop playing games. I, I had a quote the other day that I heard, and I was kind of like, oh, it just kind of got under my skin. Any of you guys ever have something that you see or something you hear that just gets under your skin? Other than me. I mean, I'm, it's a different story. This was, the sto- this was the statement. You can't kill babies on Tuesday and sing great are your Lord on Sunday. Now, most of us would agree with that statement, wouldn't we? I mean, we're against abortion. We're against the thought of taking a baby's life in the womb. Most of us in this room would agree with that statement. But what gets under my skin with that statement is that too many of the people making that statement are pretending to really love people. We don't. We don't pretend that he makes us holy. We just don't really want to be holy. And we'll say statements like that while we cut people and destroy people with our mouths. And we'll go, oh, I'm not for abortion and you can't kill babies on Tuesday and sing great are you Lord on Sunday. Oh, but you can destroy someone with your mouth on Tuesday and come in and sing great are you Lord. You understand what I'm talking about? There's a real problem in the church when we want to pretend one thing's wrong, but we don't want to deal with our sin. That we get to pretend that we're Christians when we really aren't. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be good news. I know the first part of this is kind of tough, so I'll I'll give it with some sugar. No, I won't. I don't know how to I don't know how to do that. Here's here's the here's another thing that kind of gets under my skin. You ready? This is kind of counseling for me too. It it actually is kind of nice to be a pastor and then be able to Get counseling by by preaching. And you guys are helping me. (laughs) How many times have we heard people talk about going to Target during Christmas? And Christians get angry, right? We, We get our holy boldness. We don't say happy holidays. It's Merry Christmas. Why do they have to keep taking Christ out of Christmas. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. And we say it with some attitude. That obviously that makes us greater than the world. Because we say Merry Christmas. But the problem is that we've been pretending. Because we don't say anything about Christ all year long. We get to Christmas and suddenly it's our opportunity to share Christ, but we haven't done anything all year long that lets people know we really do celebrate the Christ of Christmas. 
So we need to stop pretending. We need, to, we need to have an attitude that says Christ is in my life no matter what, no matter where I'm at. And we know that Christ, a Christmas without Christ is not Christmas. But I can also tell you that a Christian without Christ is just an end. You guys will get that later on. I don't even know if I said it right. Christian ends. Yeah. Just take Christ off a of Christian, that little I, A, yeah, never mind. Too many of us have lived our lives without Christ until we get close to a season that we get to proclaim our allegiance to Christ and now suddenly we want to be a Christian. I want to ask you today, stop pretending. Live for Christ all year long. Second thing I want you to notice about a secret Santa is that at some point you get to proclaim I am the one that have been bringing the gifts. I am the chosen one. I received your card. You are my special friend. I've been bringing you gifts all season long. There's a proclamation that needs to happen. See, we don't need to just pretend, uh, have people that are pretending. We need honest, sincere Christians to proclaim what Christ really is. We need people like Acts chapter 13, verse 38. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins. Christmas is a celebration. Christmas ought to be the most exciting time of the year for a Christian. We love to celebrate with family and friends. We love to have meals. We love to engage in fellowship. We love to exchange gifts and surprises. But the good news of Christmas is that a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace has come. That's what Christmas is all about. We ought to be proclaiming that from the hilltops. It's good news that we get to proclaim, just like the angels who said, unto you a child is born a son is given. We get to proclaim the good news. I want to do it from, an, from a perspective that is not pretentious. That I'm not trying to put myself on some pedestal and act like I'm better than everybody else because I want to say Merry Christmas rather than Happy New Year's. Or Happy Holidays, I'm sorry. I want to say Happy New Year. But to say happy holidays rather than Merry Christmas. And, but somehow that makes me more spiritual than the people around me. I want to make sure that I'm proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. That he seeks and saves those that are lost. That he came to this earth as a baby so that we could have forgiveness of sin. That he came to give us a chance at everlasting life. But I don't want to do it from a seat that says I'm better than anyone else. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captive will be released and prisoners will be set free. Guys, this is the great news of Christmas. This is not just some fairy tale. This is not just some hope. It's 
well, I don't know how many kids we got in here. Is Santa real? I'm not going to say it. I'm afraid there's kids. Is the tooth fairy real? I can tell you this. Christ is real. How do you know he's real? Because he lives within my heart. But I don't want to pretend that it happens one season a year. When January came last year, guess what? Jesus was Lord of my life. When March hit and the world fell apart, he was still Lord of my life. When, when, March, when uh, May came and it felt like everything was still falling apart, even more so. And it's like, well, we've got to find a way back. We've got to find a way back. Guess what? He was still Christ of Christmas that was coming. He was still the son that was given to bring us life. And to give us hope. And so no matter what season I'm in, I want to make sure that I'm saying Merry Christmas with an attitude that says I am proclaiming who Christ is. Not only to this world, but to me. It ought to be special to you. Don't be a secret Santa. And then, we got to practice it. This word practice is one of my favorite words. When we go to orientation, one of, my, one of my statements in orientation is this. We need practicing Christians and not professing Christians. Over the years, I found out why I say that. I had to come through and, and make a, a declaration, a, a proclamation, a, a statement. Because I'm, I'm going to... to uh, um, orientation classes, and I'm sitting there and I'm asking people, you have to be a Christian to join this local church. Does it mean you're perfect? No, but you have to be a Christian. People go, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Okay, are, are you, are you, are you, and you, you find it awkward to have to say these things, right? I mean, you know, are you, But, 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 but you're living together, right? Yeah. And, and you guys are, I mean, I mean can you just help me? You're, you're, So you're living together and you're, and they'll look at me and I go, you're intimate with each other. Yes. None of us are perfect, but I used an illustration several years ago. I did it at youth camp. I said, what we do in the church is that we have this, this, this world that's dirty and nasty. And I had this little swimming pool that had water and dirt in it. I said, the problem that my mama used to tell me is, she said, son, you stay as far away from, from evil as you can. She said, you find a place where you know you're going to be safe and you stay on that course. She said, but son, the problem is most of us don't want to stay away from it. We want to get as close as we can to it without getting dirty. Yeah. 
you ever had a kid that went out to play in the yard and you said, don't get in the mud hole? Honey, they headed right toward it. They're headed that way. They come in, they dirty and been playing in, and you go, what did I tell you? Mama, it just jumped on me. Kind of like the children of Israel, right? So I use the illustration that we'll, we'll, we'll get close, and we go, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and then we slip, like all of us will do, right? And one foot was in the dirt, and one foot was out. And you go, what do I do? You clean up. You pull your foot out. You wipe it off. You clean the dirt out of your life. You clean the sin out of your life. And you go on. Because none of us are perfect. The problem is that most of us don't do that. Most of us, when we get in, we go, oh, well, it ain't that bad. And then we crawl in it, and then we go, well, I'm, I'm in the mud, but it doesn't seem like it's really affecting me. And before long, you find yourself laying down in it and wallowing in it like a pig. You go, I'm not like that. That's why you have to keep a guard up. That's why you have to practice Christianity. That's why you have to say, I may not be perfect, but I'm not going to get down in this. And on that Sunday, I ended up laying down in the mud, and then I ended up just rolling. People freaked out. Couldn't even leave the pool after I got done. I was so dirty. Somebody brought me a, a big sheet thing. I had to change right there in the middle. It was horrible. I'll never do that again. The problem is, that's the way we do. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. Nobody's telling you you've got to have all the answers. Nobody's telling you that you can't have failures. We all slip from time to time. But when you practice Christianity, you say, I'm not going to stay there. Matthew chapter 23, verse 3 says, So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but do not follow their examples, for they don't practice what they teach. And we wonder why the world doesn't want Christianity. Why are people leaving the church? During COVID, they said that a large portion of the church will never come back to church. Why? Because they were on the bubble and they were watching. And they didn't see us really practicing what we preach and what we teach. See, it's one thing to say Merry Christmas, but it's another thing to be merry about Christ. Because guess what? He challenges me to be better than I am. He challenges me to be a better lover of people. Man, I'm telling you, I can get mad. Ooh. See, you guys can't see it now. Maybe some of you that used to be here know it was there. I'm not sure. I did a lot of coloring while I was here. Not with crayons, but with hair tint. <laughs> this hair hadn't always been white. It's got some red in there. You guys know what they say about redheads? Whew. My mama, she's calm, cool. Fine. I had a, a, a very calm, cool, collected attitude until you made her mad. 
I inherited that from her. And I can, I can love people, but I also know how it, what it looks like when I get mad. You know what I have to do when I get mad? I have to turn around and go, God, forgive me. And I have to go to those people I've wronged and say, I'm sorry. Because that's the Christ that lives in me. I can't keep pretending. I have to practice it daily. I have to practice what it looks like. And practicing is a cool concept. Because it means that you repeat doing things over and over. Like running. When you, when you, when you practice running, you get better at it. Well, I know it's hard for you to believe, but I mean, I'm, a, I'm a runner. <clears throat> Don't laugh. I am. You know, Tim Klein runs too. Tim, you run? You practice? Come up here. Uh, Amanda's on, on Facebook all the time working out. Amanda, you run? You, you work out? Yeah, work out hard? Yeah? You, you practice at it? Come up here. We practice doing this. I don't know what y'all are laughing about. And here's what we're going to do. Because if we've been practicing, we ought to be able to do it, right? I got him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pulling out the big guns. I can't do it with this mic on, though. I know I can't be running with no mic. Thanks. You know what you find out when you don't practice? Your inability shows up real quick. Some of us say we've been practicing Christianity. You know what? When the storm comes, it's amazing how fast your practice goes out the window. You, you say, I'm practicing loving others, but when someone shows up that don't agree with you, don't look like you, and don't smell like you, it's amazing how little practice you have done in loving people. It shows up quick. You can't fake your way through it. I, let's be honest. When I stood here and said, I'm a runner, and I stood next to Tim and Amanda, did anybody believe it? <laughs> you didn't. Why? Because it shows. For some of you, you talk a good game. You talk about, I practice being a Christian, but our, our, when, when it all comes down to showing up, our Christiana gets left somewhere in the background because the true us comes through. I have to challenge you. As we start early with Christmas, can we not be pretenders anymore? Can we stop pretending that we are something we're not? 
Can we start proclaiming the real reason for Christmas? I mean, I know our kids are going to love the gifts, and most of us love them too. Most of us love to be appreciated by our family and by our friends. But the problem is that a lot of us don't practice Christianity until we get to Christmas. And then we want to make bold statements that you can't say happy holidays, but you have to say Merry Christmas. That's an indictment to us. Because guess what? God is looking for people that will be sincere. That will really hold up the banner and proclaim who he is. So I want us to do something this morning. Because oftentimes we come in, we say a few words, and then we hit the road. Never really allowing you the opportunity to have quality time with God in a setting that is supposed to infuse the atmosphere with his presence. That we come and listen to someone talk about God, but we never really encounter him to say, Mark, here's what you haven't been practicing very well. So, I don't know if, if there's music that we can put on upstairs or downstairs. And, and I'm not, I, this is not going to be, if you want to come to the altar, you are more than welcome to do that. But I want us to spend the next few minutes examining our own lives. Because I can talk about your life. I can talk about my life. I can give you illustrations of what practicing really looks like. But until God gets to deal with you, and the problem is most of us walk out of church and we don't take time for him to speak to us the rest of the week. Sunday's our time. God, if you want to say something, say it now because I'm busy the rest of the week. So, would you just bow your heads? Maybe you want to kneel. Maybe you want to find a place in the altar. I'm cool with that. But if we're going to start this season early, then it starts right now with me. It's not about a Christmas tree being decorated. It's not about lights. But it's about me being a Christian that God can look at and go, you can proclaim the good news because you know about it. I'm going to be silent for just a few minutes. If you're online, I encourage you, take this moment to examine your own life as well. We won't be here long, but would you just ask God, what have I been participating in that isn't a part of my Christian walk? Heavenly Father, we don't have it all worked out. You are the Christ of Christmas. We understand that. But God, help us to be practicers of our relationship with you all year long. 
so that we show forth the glory of God not only during a season when we got something to talk about, but that every day we live, we have something to rejoice about. And is that you came, and you suffered and you died, but you came for us. Amen. Esther chapter 9, verse 23. Two more verses and we'll wrap it up. Esther chapter 9, verse 23 says this, And they did it. What started then became a tradition, continuing to practice what Mordecai had written to them. What had Mordecai written to them? What had Mordecai actually given as this instruction? What were they practicing? What became a tradition? Listen to this. He told them to celebrate these days of festive and gladness and by giving gifts of food to each other and presents to the poor. This would commemorate the time when the Jews gained relief from their enemies, when their sorrow was turned into gladness and their mourning into joy. Doesn't that sound like Mordecai kind of gave us a recipe for Christmas? He said, hey, rejoice because your enemies have given you freedom. Guys, most of us in this room know what it's like to have been bound by sin. As a young boy, I came to Christ at seven years old. Seven. Talk about my salvation experience at seven years old. My mom had said, son, you got to take a bath. I like to take one a week, and she made me take two. <clears throat> it was Saturday night before church, and on the TV, in the living room, it wasn't where you had a TV in every room, especially the bathroom. We had a TV in the living room, and it was playing. And I, I, I'm seven years old. I don't know what's on TV, but it was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was talking. I remember it like it was yesterday. And my mom came into the bathtub to make sure I was cleaning and getting cleaned up for, for the night. She came in and I was crying. She said, Mark, what's wrong? I said, Mama, I want to get saved. Well, for those of you that are Christian moms and dads, you know what an exciting time that would be for your seven-year-old out of the blue to ask. My mom just about jumped all over the place. Grabbed a towel I didn't have to clean anymore. If I'd have known that would work, I'd have used it a lot or sooner. <laughs> she grabbed a towel, jerked me out of the bathtub, dried me off, and she said, son, let's pray. And we prayed. Was I perfect after that? Absolutely not. I won't go into the details of my life, but you know what? <laughs> I know what it's like to be bound by sin, even at seven years old. To come to Christ. After that, I went through my teenage years, college years, even pastor years. Not perfect. Still have anger issues, still have sin issues, still have stuff that binds you. But do you know what? But for the grace of God. And I look at Mordecai saying, hey, your enemies no longer have you bound. I have turned you from joy to, um, from sorrow to joy. From sadness to gladness. For us in this room, if Jesus has ever done anything for you, there ought to be a celebration that happens at Christmas. It ought to be a tradition that continues. I, for one, am one of those people that I, I, we were talking about it the other day. Hate Christmas, right? 
What I hate is all this work. We cleaned the yard yesterday at my house. I am not lying when I say this. We spent almost eight hours solid cleaning our yard. You go, man, your yard was in bad shape. It really wasn't. A lot of leaves, a lot of trees. We worked hard. When I got done, it looked so good. I was so proud. You know what? Leaves have already started falling on that yard again. It's a constant process. Guys, for us, celebration ought to be something that doesn't happen just during Christmas. Can we start early? Can we start celebrating who Christ is and not make it silent? Let us rejoice and build new traditions in celebrating what God has done in our lives. Let's don't pretend, but let's proclaim who Christ is. Last verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. Once you were convinced that he is right and righteous, you'll recognize that all who practice righteousness are the children, true children. Uh, let me back up. Are you guys reading along with me? So you know what it says. I'm not going to go back. You can read. I got children of God in my mind and it's God of children or whatever it said. I don't Now I got to read it. My goodness. Once you, can, uh, you recognize that all who practice righteousness are God's true children. Yes. <laughs> Guys, if you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you are the true children of God. But it is our responsibility not to be perfect, but to desire righteousness, desire holiness. If you don't desire it, you'll never have it. If you don't want to be holy, guess what? You're never going to be holy. Some people say, well, we're never going to be holy until Jesus comes back. But I can strive. I can work in my own life. You go, well, salvation's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about me striving for, for salvation. It's about me loving a relationship with Christ so that when people see me, they see Christ. And if I'm never striving to be like Christ, they'll never see him in me. They'll see me. They'll see my failures. They'll see my faults. So we've prayed. We've asked God, let us be practicers. Let us not be pretenders. Let us be proclaimers of your good news during this Christmas season. And the question for us again today is, will we start today? You say, well, I've already started. Great. Trees up at my house. Great. Our, 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 our icicle lights are up. Great. Come and do mine. But have you started telling the good news? Have you started being a proclaimer of the good? I, I don't want you and I don't want myself to have to be like I was at that high school reunion where my friend says, hey, look, Freddie's a Christian now. Don't let that happen. I will practice and I will proclaim and I will not pretend my cousin, <coughs> he, he, I mean, you guys just, my family is awesome. Strangely weird awesome. 
My cousin has a little statement. He says, I'm not going to go to church and fake it. And then he'll say this, because I've seen it done too many times. He only went to church with about 40 people, and they were all family. (sighs) Who was faking it? People he's living with? The people he saw every day? That's the problem. Guys, your kids can tell the difference. They'll know if you're pretending. So we prayed and said, we're going to be practicing. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we thank you. You challenged us today. Not to just talk about Christmas and not to just say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, but to really be believers of this. That you who brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. To the one who is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. Did not just come so that we could celebrate a time and a season during the year. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God, we refuse to pretend any longer. God, we want to get ourselves on the right track. Not sharing the good news, but not following the good news ourselves. Not just saying Merry Christmas and not having the Christ of Christmas living in us. We want to be bona fide followers of Christ. We want to be following after the Christ of Christmas. So Lord, help us today as we go. That we will not just be hearers of the word, but that we will be doers of the word as well. God, that's a challenge before each one of us because we love to hear, but we don't always love to apply. Lord, help us to apply what you've given us today so that it will change lives around us. That Christmas has come to my house Christ is in our home. He is the light of the world, but he's the light of the world to me. Let it be so. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Sunday podcast. If you'd like to hear more of the Mark and Michelle Davenport Sunday podcast, please subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also learn more about our churches by following our social media pages, or you can visit us at griffincenterpointchurch.com or citylightchurch.net. Music for today's podcast is provided by purpleplanet.com.